As Ryan comes forward to share with you the story that you came to hear tonight, I want to share with you the fact throughout December, this season of Advent, we've been talking about stories of the season and taking a look at the stories we all know from the Christmas story, the story from the Bible, as well as the stories we know from living in this culture. Uh, for example, we've talked about uh, the Grinch and King Herod. Uh, last week, we were talking about, who was that again? Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, and the shepherds. Tonight, the most important birth in the history of humanity happens on the night before Christmas. Reading from the book of Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver the chi her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Thanks, Ryan. Would you join with me in prayer? Gracious, loving, and eternal God, whose story that continues to be true and yet unfolds before us new each day, we give you thanks on this very sacred and holy night for the blessings that are around us, for those who are with us, and for the power of this faith that carries us forward. Open up our hearts and minds again to a story we think we know to lead us to become a person and a people that we did not know possible. We pray all this in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Can you remember what it was like when you were six and seven waiting the night before Christmas? Can you remember how that felt? Some of you are experiencing that in your own home tonight, all the excitement and the drama that comes with all those expectations of what could happen, what will happen in the morning. I remember being at my Aunt Buell and Uncle Lloyd's house on Christmas Eve, and I was just having a good time with my family until the news came on, and they had it from the official source, NORAD had spotted Santa and was soon to be in Michigan. I had a complete meltdown. I begged my parents to leave to get me home because I knew that he would land on my roof before I was asleep, and you all know what happens then. Well, I can tell you, fortunately, I made it home. I got to sleep, and NORAD was right. Santa arrived. Tonight is a night of anticipation. It's a night built in with some expectation, and yes, certainly with drama. We sit on the edge of our seats and in our collective hearts, yearning, longing for things that we want to have happen tomorrow. We may even dare 
to allow us to think that maybe our deepest dreams and desires could be fulfilled. I can't imagine what Mary and Joseph felt this night long ago. Not only all the things true about the fact that they were no longer with family, they had gone to a place where they didn't know anybody, it was just the two of them with all of the fear and unknown about birth and new life being placed in their hands and also trying to still figure out what all this promise God had given them meant. I wonder how long it took for them to try to figure that out. But on this night, those must have weighed heavily upon them. How are you going to parent a newborn child? We all wonder that. And we're all most certainly experiencing days in our life when we are clear we have no clue. And sometimes we wonder who's raising who. Mary and Joseph on this night were scared and expectant and excited and filled with wonder and confusion and love. Tonight, we are invited like them to trust in the promise of God that seems too miraculous, too otherworldly to consider really possible. Tonight, we are called to enjoy the Christmas lights, yes, the carols, certainly, and the warmth of this season. Tonight, though, all of those serve simply as the wrapping paper of the most important gift of all. Tonight, you, are called, you and I are called to do more than enjoy Christmas. We are called to receive the birth of this child into our life, into our world. On this night, before Christmas, we are called to fling open the sashes of our hearts and see the truth of Christmas coming to us. And when I think of this night, the night before Christmas, my mind immediately goes to Luke 2. But the truth is, it also goes to another story. Was the night before Christmas. Most of us heard this story sometime in our life. Maybe you've seen an animation feature of it. With hot chocolate on our breath, we have sat and listened to this story. Or at least heard the beginning. It was the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas would soon be there. And the children all nestled, all snug in their beds, with visions of sugar plums dancing in their heads. And Mom in her kerchief and I in my cap had just set on our brains for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there sprang such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash, the moon on the breast of newly fallen snow. Gave the luster of midday to objects below, when what to my wandering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With a little old driver so lively and quick, knew in a moment it must be. The story tells of a moment of expectation being realized. Mama and I going to bed going to go to sleep, and yet hoping that someone, something out there would somehow come here, and certainly in a rare moment of revelation it does. In a rare moment, 
Saint Nick is not a hope-for being, but one standing in the middle of the living room next to the chimney. And even more has arrived that not only filled expectations, but also to say to those who are watching, hey, you don't need to be afraid. And while the storyteller of this story tells it, and it lives it, Santa just goes about his business because Santa tonight has business to do and many places to be and not long to tarry. So he does the work of sharing the gifts even as he's being watched. And then, poof, with the promise of Christmas revealed. It is a great story to read on this night. And I am here to tell you it comes to us mirroring the story of all stories of this night. When it was originally written, it was written by Mr. Moore for his children. And when he wrote it back in the early 1800s, he for the first time revealed to us things about Santa we never knew before the story was written. Like, nobody ever knew that Santa had reindeer before this story. Before this story, everybody thought Santa had horses. Mr. Moore helps us understand they're not horses, they're magical reindeer. Well, of course that makes sense. It was not until this story that we realized what Santa looked like with his beard and his jolly self. And before this story, most people celebrated St. Nick on December 5th, the night before the festival of St. Nicholas. It's in this story that all of a sudden we discover that's not when he comes. He comes on the night when the coming of those special things happened the most. It's Christmas Eve. So much of what we know and think we believe about Santa and Christmas did not exist until this story was first shared. Tonight, Jesus comes to us in the middle of this night, revealing to us things we never knew about God before. Before this night, we didn't know how much God loved us. Oh, we'd heard about such things. But before this night, we never understood that God would be willing to come and be one of us to be with us in the most intimate way possible by experiencing birth from the inside out and to be one who would live life with us, feeling all the joys and wonders and confusion and pain and hurt and sorrow and taking it all into his own life. We didn't know that about God until Christmas Eve. We didn't know that Jesus would be the way in which God would reveal salvation. Not that you have to get your act straight and earn it, but rather you simply need to receive a gift of love that is poured out for everyone to embrace and receive. Not till Christmas Eve did we know that. The night before Christmas, we live with expectations, and I cannot tell you the expectations I have about tomorrow morning. 
Tomorrow morning, I know that one of my daughters has made homemade cinnamon muffins, rolls, that I'm going to get to eat. I'm living in expectation. (laughs) Tomorrow, I know that Leah and Jasper and Elena and Caroline and Poppy and whoever else wants to, we're going sledding on the hill tomorrow. Big expectations. And tomorrow, at a time yet to be determined, I'll be led down some steps by some children with expectation that Santa has arrived. We will go down to see if, in fact, we can find half-eaten cookies. We will go down to see if he was able to get in and out of the chimney without making too much of a mess. And we will see whether or not under the tree we were naughty or nice. But I will not go down those steps wondering if Christmas came. Because I know Christmas has come. I have no doubt in my heart or mind that God's promises are fulfilled this night. I know tomorrow morning I will go down to discover a precious baby has in fact been born into this world and the promises of God are not only being kept but they're being revealed and they're being lived out. And I know that because I've been experiencing that throughout this past year. I'm not placing all my expectations on what might happen tomorrow morning. I'm placing them on the fact that God has already been moving within the life of God's people and in this world. This past year has been a pretty dramatic year for the life of our congregation. We're, we're all torn up. We're quite a mess. And it's wonderful, and it's glorious, and it's frustrating. We've become known as Adventure Church. Well, it's been quite an adventure. In this past year, I've seen people of all ages, from 70s to into their teens, coming into this community of faith to experience a holy community that they'd never experienced before. I remember watching folks come take communion for the first time in 50 years, having been healed from the wounds that others of judgment and damnation had placed on them. Over this last year, I've been able to spend time talking with folks who've come and asked the question, I'm not sure what I believe. And then hearing from me, I don't have a canned answer. I can tell you what I know. Let's share together. Let's figure out together where God is between us and with us. And let's learn in that journey as we walk it together. And my faith has been blessed by those who are asking those questions with me. A few weeks ago, Paul Tungate stood in front of the congregation and told us humbly of a time when he and a group of about 60 people from this church went up to Flint and took winter apparel and sleeping bags. And Paul was telling about how he stood at the doorway while people waited for several hours to get in, wanting to find clothing and sleeping bags that would allow them to be safe during the winter as they lived on the streets in Flint. And how Paul stood at the doorway and as people waited for long periods of time, they came up to the door, not snarling, not grumpy, not frustrated, but grateful 
offering their praise to him that somebody cared enough to be present to give the gifts that you provided. A month ago, after worship, after we talked about the feeding of the 5,000, we went into the next room and made sandwiches to take down to those who were hungry. Because Jesus never told parables so we'd have something to talk about. But we'd have something to do. And I've heard stories about those who weren't able to stay and make the sandwiches, but who went home and made sandwiches and took it to feed people they knew were hungry because they had heard in Jesus that there was something about that that might be holy and just and right, and so it was, and so it is. Just a couple of weeks ago, I stood right here and held Dorothy, this wonderful infant child who'd been brought forward for baptism. And I baptized her with water, and we baptized her in the name of the Holy Spirit, and we walked among the congregation, and you welcomed her, and I came back up here, and immediately as soon as we were done with that baptism, three-year-old Lucy, the sister, came up with her naked baby doll and held her up to me and said, Pastor Rick, I love you. Would you baptize my baby? We did. Because there are some moments where theology cannot get in the way of doing what is love for a child who's that innocent and wanting to give over the things she loves the most to the God she loves. This afternoon, I was with a man I love very much, Beaumont Hospital, who's not receiving joyful news on this Christmas Eve, but who is confident to know that while he is not at all ready for the journey on this world to end, he is very clear as long as his journey exists on this world and when it happens that it goes to the next world, he knows with confidence that Jesus Christ will be with him. And that is his peace and his hope this night. Christ comes tonight. It is a fact because we've already felt the presence of Christ moving in the lives and hearts of people throughout this room, in this building, in this community, and yes, in the world. And tonight, I invite you in the name of the one who comes to receive him still. If you're not sure what that all means, welcome to the club. But if you want to hear from somebody who's come to discover, walking to discover the answer to that question is better than any other option for life, then come and walk with us. For tonight, on this night, surely I tell you, with the confidence of those who've experienced the love of Jesus Christ in the past year and for years past, unto us is born no less than a Savior, one who will love you into a new day and even into a new world. Come, let us adore him. Run to you and you 
and you, and you, and you, is born this day, Jesus Christ, who is our Savior. Thanks be to God for this amazing gift. Amen.